0: Welcome to Real Estate Leads Uncovered, the podcast that delves into the dynamic world of lead generation in the real estate industry. Hey, I'm your host, Lisa Carter, and I'm excited to guide you through the challenges, the strategies, and success stories that revolve around one of the most crucial aspects of real estate, generating leads.
1: Live from the hottest real estate market in America, Tampa Bay, Florida, this is the Real Estate Leads Podcast with the CEO and founder of the Olga System, your host, Lisa Carter. Oh
0: man, so the county numbers are in um, and there is 34,000 people between 2020 and 2022 that moved to Maine. The winner is Cumberland County, but all counties experience some sort of migration, um, domestic uh, folks from other states and some international. So we have today the expert on Maine um, and a great friend of mine, Gary Samia, who's been in the state for a very long time as a business owner and knows the market. Um, and I want to call him Gah because I'm from New Jersey and that's what we call Gary's in New Jersey, Gas. So Gah, how are you? Thank you for coming on the show today.
1: Oh, I'm fantastic. It's uh, a whopping uh, 22 degrees in Maine today. So it's beautiful out there, but the sun's shining.
0: So you have shorts on and, and a sweatshirt.
1: <laughs> that's normal. That's, yeah, normal winter weather.
0: How cold does it have to be before you put pants on? Uh, at
1: least, at least keep it above zero.
0: Okay. So, so it is a very uh, season, a uh, very cold place for a very long time. The season is winter is a very long season. It's the DNA of the state. So, why, with thirty four thousand people, move to Maine in the last couple of years?
1: Well, I think I think affordability is is one. Maine is probably right now. Um, a affordable state, and as well as a nice state to be in. I mean, there's some other states that are affordable, but probably not as nice as Maine. And you have lakes and oceans and mountains um, to be here. I mean, it's just a very, very peaceful, wonderful place to uh, to be living in.
0: Speaking of which, how long have you lived there?
1: I've been here for forty five years. Like I came here forty five years ago when my son was four days old and our plan was to be here a couple of years and here we are 45 years later wow and we don't believe we're going to be moving very soon
0: well if you you can't cuz if you get someone'll take your spot it's like you know as soon as you move from Maine there's like 10 other people that want your house they want your boat they want your land <laughs> 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 it's like crazy. But you mentioned, I think a lot of people don't know that, although, yes, there is a long season of w- winter um, and, and fall, so it's a gorgeous place, and you can be in the mountains or you can be in the ocean. And is it just an hour or two, Gary? Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. You could be You, know, you could be up in uh, Sugarloaf, and then an hour and a half later, you could be out on the, uh, out on the waters of uh, Northern Maine. <laughs>
0: So th- that's awesome. So I think what I'm seeing is a lot of people from the West Coast finding uh, a very similar terrain. Like if you think about California, you can be a, you know an hour away from the beach or from the mountains. So where are you seeing? I said 35,000 people, Cumberland County. Um, you want to talk about that a little bit? Why Cumberland County is seeing such a increase? And then the internet is becoming an international county. Ten <laughs> percent of, well, of that number was international um, migrants.
1: Well, I think a lot of it has to do with the city of Portland, Uh, the city of Portland, which is really the uh, the the center of Cumberland County, or at least the uh, metropolis of uh, Cumberland County. Um, It's just such a beautiful, small, uh, safe city to be in, and you could be in surrounding, beautiful surrounding towns like you know Falmouth and Yarmouth and Cumberland, um, and still be. Uh, uber away from being in downtown Portland or the old port section of Portland. Uh, Portland was at one time, I don't know if it still is or not, uh, the mecca of um, of craft beers there oh, yeah. were more microbreweries popping up into the city of Portland than anywhere else. I know it's caught on in a lot of other places, uh, but there were all kinds of them in Portland and it was like really the birthing area of uh, microbreweries. So I think a lot of people like that type of atmosphere and they like the uh, the, the parts of uh, Portland uh, that are just a nice city to, uh, to be in. And it's still an affordable city compared to like Manhattan and some other places. I mean, you can still be having affordable housing. Oh yeah uh, and be in, and be in a city and be able to just walk in a city you don't need a car and if you if you didn't need your car to go anywhere, you don't need your car to go around in Portland. You can get around Portland very easily without so, a vehicle
0: so uh, Portland's a nice walkable town.
1: that's correct. It's very, very walkable and um, beautiful sections of the city that have been uh, been really uh, renovated and gentrified and just looking uh, looking wonderful. Especially up on the West End and Munjoy Hill area, are just fantastic places to live.
0: So I talked about the number of people that have migrated um, from across the country and um, both internationally. Type of people. So retirees. Is this still? You know, I used to think of Maine as a place that you, you know, the model is vacation land. You think of a place where you just kind of go and you slow down. You know, the, uh, your life. But you just talked about a walkable, vibrant downtown like Portland. Um, are retirees still coming to the state?
1: I don't think there's as many retirees coming to the state. It's, it's not a very, uh, retirement friendly state uh, for tax purposes. Um, so I I don't, I think it's more, um, the younger crowd is, is really migrating this way, especially with, uh, working from home. COVID really helped Maine, uh, because one it's affordable to, People were working from home, so they, they didn't have to be in these expensive areas to be able to, to live and work. They could just work from home, and they could still have the feel of living in a city. A lot of people moved north from Manhattan once COVID hit because they could, and they could cut their, their living costs down by 20 or 30%. Uh, so that made a big difference and still worked the same job, made the same amount of money and was able to basically live in a city life which they which they enjoyed living in Manhattan. it's uh, no match to Manhattan as far as size wise oh, yeah. and things like that. But still it's a, a lot of theaters are out here, a lot of uh, a lot of restaurants, you know, the Old Port section is loaded with restaurants and various types of drinking places and and partying places. It's just a just a fun little city.
0: It is very vibrant and you mentioned <laughs> um, the amount of breweries um that are, are in Portland. Some really great brands have been launched um, out of that uh, Cumberland County, that Portland area. Um, and, and that's been going on for quite a while. That that hasn't changed, but there's... there's Give me some other things that may have changed over the years. Now One of the things I know are the laws on cannabis um, and how that has really uh, created another industry um, in the state. And business is coming there um, to be a part of that uh, industry. Can you talk a little bit about how um, the legalization of cannabis um, has affected the state economy.
1: Well, I think it's helped it out quite a bit. I, uh, <clears throat> I don't really know a lot about it. I am sorry to say, but I know that in my area, I'm in New York County. Uh, <clears throat> I know that some of the surrounding towns that are but in New Hampshire have cannabis sales prices going up like it's like corner bits, corner stores. I mean, they're just everywhere. I think between, uh, town of Sanford and going into Lebanon before you get into Rochester, uh, there must be six or seven cannabis different uh, places, some recreational, some medical. Uh, but they're, they're really just growing up like, uh, you know, unbelievably quick through the area. The city I live in is very controlled. It's very controlled and they don't, they only allowed so many licenses and, and that's it. But right. there's quite a few of them out there. Um, you know, Oh, by where our office is in Kittery. I mean, there's uh, there's a there's a handful of them right in a small little community of Kittery and Elliot. Um, that's just you know there's no restrictions out in that area, but uh, Sanford held a restriction. I think they only allowed six total of six licenses in the state.
0: Right. I think uh, in other counties where there's a little bit more um, agricultural uh, based um, industry, you may find some some of the restrictions and uh, a little bit more lax. And also, you know, there's different levels, I guess, you know, you can be retail or you can be agricultural. Um, The the other industry that's come up besides cannabis is tech. Like I'm hearing so much about uh, particularly Portland, Cumberland County being a tech hub um, where businesses are coming in like crazy and building um, a nice uh, industry, robust industry jobs and Uh, others for, and maybe that's why we're seeing those uh, um, uh, migration of young people that are coming to the state.
1: I think it has a lot to do with it. I think, um, you know, Portland wants, I know Portland wants to be the tech industry of the, of of the Northeast. Um, And again, I think it goes back to um, affordability and tax benefits that uh, the city and the state will offer. For that type of pro, uh, that type of business to move into the uh, into the state, so it makes a it, it really is pretty inviting um, to that uh, you know and and you know the the highway runs right through the middle of the state, so it's easy like in Portland to jump on the highway and be in Boston if you wanted to be in Boston in, a, in an hour and a half drive, which, which isn't a long drive at all. And you could be at the airport and you can take off the B, or you can be in downtown downtown Boston in an hour and a half. So, so uh, and they, and they have a, and the other thing they have is they have a high speed uh, train, the um, commuter train that goes from, uh, that's right. goes from Brunswick to, uh, to Boston and it's a high speed. So, you know, so if you didn't want to drive, You could leave Wells, Maine, where where would be my stop, and be in Boston in the same time it would take me to drive.
0: And a lot of people use that train um, going down to Boston along the um, uh, and through both through the Maine and and New Hampshire. Um, So you're absolutely right about that. There are quite a few people that take. Uh, that high speed train right down to to Boston. They only have to come into work a couple days a week, like you said. They'll hop on the train. It's nice. They get their work done, um, and they're able to have affordable, more affordable uh, lifestyle up in Maine.
1: Yeah, and they can and they can work while they're on the on the on the train, which is you can't do while you're driving That's unless right. you're like me and you talk on the phone all day long. But I mean, if you're going to work on your computer, you just that whole hour and a half ride you get on the train, you you can be working and on the way home the same way. So you don't lose any time whatsoever by being on the train. So I mentioned affordable lifestyle.
0: You um, happen to be in in, in the real estate industry. We talked about a couple other industries. Um, How long... um, Tell me a little bit about how you got into real estate and and what you're doing today um, in terms of the state of Maine. How long you've been licensed? What are you doing? And and we'll talk about the housing industry because that's really important to everyone right now.
1: Well, in... In 1988, I was a business administrator for the school district here in Sanford. Um, And a friend of mine wanted to run for state senator, and he needed to sell his business. And I thought, well, this is a great investment. I'll just buy a real estate company. And I did. Wow. I wasn't licensed. I wasn't licensed. Um, I enjoyed real estate. I was actually one one of his top clients. I would be buying apartment buildings or houses or whatever I needed. Um, and so I was like one of his top business people. And so, um, he came to me and I said, I'll buy a company. And then quickly learned, I had to have a license really to even do anything. So in 1988, I got licensed as a real estate agent. Um, back then it was a little easier than it is today. And I could be a broker's license, be a broker quicker because I had an MBA. Uh, so I didn't have to wait the five years to become a broker. Oh, so wow. I, moved I through that, that pretty quickly. It was back then. It's not now.
0: <laughs> back then, you can you walk in with I a degree and say, "Hey, throw me a broker's yep. license."
1: <laughs> and I was a little independent, and uh, you know, had, had a nice little business going. Then the downturn came of the '90s, early '90s, um, and an opportunity came to buy a Century Twenty One franchise. Um, nice. So I bought it in uh, 1993. Um, and that's when my company just started to take off and, and uh, made a big difference uh, to my lifestyle and my, and, and my income. And, and it became very, very profitable and very good. And, um, you know, I had a good, I was in it for a long time, 30, some odd, 30 years anyways, uh, and a uh, good friend of mine, uh, who, you know, uh, <laughs> was on my case for a long time to sell my company cause he wanted to come to Maine, but didn't want to step on my toes. Um, finally convinced me to sell my company to him. And that was seven years ago and I'm still working for him.
0: It's not so, that long. I'm, I'm I'm glad you're still in the game.
1: Yeah, I'm still in the game, but, uh, <laughs> I will tell you today I turned 70 and,
0: uh. Today's your birthday?
1: Have, today is my Get birthday.
0: Get out of here, guy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, November 13th.
0: Happy Uh, birthday to you. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Had no idea.
1: So I I probably have another year left in me, maybe.
0: No, Uh, stop it. We'll see. Stop it. What are you going to do, do, play play golf?
1: (laughs) I have a lot of pressure from home to maybe think about retiring, but I don't know about that, but we'll have to wait and see what happens.
0: So you mentioned, you know, there's a lot of chaos in the market going on right now, Um, and you mentioned that. There was, uh, you saw. Actually, you started your business because of a chaotic market, because everything is cyclical, people, <laughs> um, and and uh, we've been here uh, a different story, but uh, you know a similar page or a different story. Um, and you built your business during a time where it was very chaotic, but you seized an opportunity, um, and so that says a lot about you. Can you can you talk about uh, this the the chaos right now with interest rates and um, how you are navigating. You're still part of an organization. Uh, You you lend your expertise every day to new and seasoned uh, real estate agents. What are you telling your team today about, you know, as they start to really get, uh, they're having a hard time. Inventory's low and um, interest rates are
1: high. Well, you know, interest rates, I don't see really playing that big of a role as far as, the buying side goes. Um, The interest rate for buyers, they they want a house. There's a lot of pent-up demand and and they want a house. And they don't look at the interest rate as an issue uh, other than what they can afford. And it has changed affordability to some people. But the biggest problems coming in the real estate market right now is that people that that are probably primed to sell their property, and if they have a mortgage on it, And wherever they're moving to needs to be mortgaged. That's where the issue comes because they're probably sitting on a two and a half or a 3% or three and a half percent mortgage right now. And if they sell their house, even though they'd be able to make a substantial profit on it, um, they're going to end up having to buy a house. They end up with an eight or eight and a half percent mortgage. And that's where the dilemma is coming right now in the real estate market is that we can't get people to list their houses. Cause houses that get listed, um, sell. there's no question about it. They're selling, they're really not much lag time unless they're well overpriced. And there's some of those in the market because they think it can be, um, and it usually takes a little while for that to catch up. But if you price the house correctly, um, it, it's going to sell and it's going to sell within, within seven days um and so to me that's still a wonderful market
0: and it's a good uh,
1: market and you just got to you know you you have to price it to sell it you don't have to you know, can't price it anymore for what it could be because um you just got to price it for what you think the value is worth and that's the biggest thing i tell my people i tell my people to go out there and get listings get listings because if you get the listings and you get it priced right you are going to be uh, very happy with your paycheck at the end of every month so i really think that's the thing the name of the game is listings it always has been and always will
0: be listings getting getting listings um just to put the scenario you said is the the biggest challenge um, in perspective 32 percent of the mortgages out there right now are under three percent yep so that that there's a challenge um, for getting the listings but you and I both know that there are motivated sellers right now in the marketplace for many different reasons. Can you,
1: there there are are all And, and uh, Maine is uh, one of the oldest, you know, states in the Commonwealth here. And, and so uh, unfortunately, you know, people, older people have to sell their houses at some point in time because they've got to go somewhere else and they don't like where they're going, but they need the money to go somewhere else. And so those houses are going to be on the market and they're going to be sold. Um, but, you know, they're, they're just, and there's people just waiting to come in here and, and try to scoop those up. I mean, um, you know, I, I had a house in, in Springville that we put on the market. And, you know, six days later, it, it was under contract with very little contingencies. And, uh, you know, it was the top of Sanford's market, you know, $465,000 Wow. Sanford's. Wow. So it's not a normal market in Sanford, you know, normal, normal sales. in Sanford used to be somewhere around 275. I you know, remember I those say.
0: days. I re- remember those days. We're seeing your listings at 210, 225, yeah.
1: 245. Yeah. We used to have to sell twice as many houses as most people <laughs> in order to be equal with them. And, and now it's, you know, I mean, just to, to have that house gone and gone in seven days. Um, you know, it's, it's not, it's, it's, it's just a still, a, it's still a great market for for sellers if they have to sell their house or want to sell their house. Um, but it's the ones that are, like you said, the 30% of the people that probably would like to sell their house because they're ready to move to something bigger or something different or closer to the water or whatever, but aren't going to give up that mortgage rate.
0: No, no it's all right. I, I, I've been talking about, you know, there's. Life uh, and milestones in life. Like you said, aging is one of them. Death, divorce, and taxes is what I tell agents about. Um, Those are people that can't wait for the the rates to go down next year. Um, and, you know, in between trying to hold on to your home, there's things that happen, you know, people get sick, people get divorced, um, people ex- expire. And so, and, and, uh, we have utilities and taxes that a lot of our older population with inflation cannot absorb. So you're absolutely right. There are still motivated sellers out there. And if you can get a listing, that's great. So that's the seller. So if I'm a buyer moving to Maine, should I, Gary, do you, in your opinion, should I buy land or should I buy a, look and be looking for a home?
1: I think you're still, your best deals are still existing homes. Um, the, the adjustment has not been made yet in the, in the construction world, uh, to make that new home affordable enough for people to be able to, to build their house that they want in Maine. Um, you know, the, the materials, although should be coming down more and they're not coming down fast enough. And the tradespeople are so used to making the money that they're making, they're not prepared to come down yet. So I think the it balance is off um, as far as new construction just yet. And uh, I think it, a few things going to have to happen. Um, the price of existing homes need to stay up so that they're comparable to a new construction. Um, and if that happens, then, then I think we'll see more new construction going. Uh, you know, a good, really good friend of mine is in the, in the development business and he stopped his development. He's not doing anything. With oh, it. you're kidding. Uh, wow. he just decided to hold tight and not really to build right now. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, his, con- his construction world is, is here, here in Sanford and new construction houses in Sanford are well over, you know, well over the four fifty, four almost in the, uh, over the 500 mark. Um, and Sanford can't absorb that right now.
0: So the construction costs are causing him to hold, and a bunch of other builders now. Money's expensive um, when you're talking about f- financing your construction costs. Labor's expensive in the Northeast. You mentioned that the the trades guys they, they're not taking a discount on their services.
1: Yeah, and and the regulations of causing certain things to have to be done that are you know they think they sound like they're small things, but you know like the to sprinkle a home now that you're going to have to sprinkle a brand new construction home unless you're on city water and, and there's very little lots of development area where you're on city water here in Sanford, you know, it's another like 13, $14,000 added to the construction of a home. Um, so it, 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 you know, you start adding those things from regulation world. It's just starting to drive new construction out where you can buy an existing home, you know, even if it's five years old, um, you know, a lot less than you are if you built that house today. Wow. Uh, prime example, prime example. We have a little subdivision out behind our office in Sanford. That we built 41 houses back here. Uh, it's probably been 15 years now since the last house sold. We started selling those houses at a hundred thousand dollars. The highest house was like 225. I think is what we sold the last one for. Now those houses are going for, you know, 375 and four, four twenty-five. Ie we can't we can't build those houses for 425. Wow. They're well over that amount of money. So you know, until so you got a fairly new house sitting out there where you can buy a lot less than a um, than a new construction. So if you have to put a little bit of money into it to to you know redo the flooring and paint and paper or whatever, uh, you can do that and still be well under the cost of a new house. So I think the new construction houses are going to be a little bit stagnant. And that's why I don't think land is that good of a deal right
0: now. Wow! So the existing homes, um, there's plenty of uh, real estate agents that um, work on Gary's team um, that can get, that can help navigate that that process. Um, if you're look, Maine's hot right now. Um, the word is getting out. If you're um, a real estate agent um, and you're licensed somewhere else, how easy is it to um, is it reciprocity with Maine? There's states that have reciprocity with Maine.
1: Most states do have reciprocity. All you have to do is pass the law section of Maine in order to get a license. And you could take a law refresher class here. You can take it online. You could take it at home, study. Uh, you don't have to take it. You can just get the book. And and if you're a good learner, just be able to, to learn and, and pass the test. If you pass the test, then you're licensed here in the state of Maine. Wow. Um, you know, and that's it's pretty simple reciprocity to, to be licensed in the state of Maine.
0: Wow, that's awesome! So there's opportunity for everyone. There's opportunity for those that are moving there um, for various industries. The real estate industry is hot in Maine. Um, if if agents want to uh, get get at um, being a licensed realtor in Maine, it sounds like it's a, a, a it's a, the return on the investment sounds like it's it's pretty, it's really nice. Um, and look, the state has a lot of natural resources, a lot of outdoor. Um, if you're not an outdoor person, um, there's a lot of indoor things to get at. We are um, we we are the community moderators for a, a page called Moving to Main Page. Um, Gary was a a great uh, influencer of that uh, group. Gary, we're up to 14,000 people. Um, your team's in there interacting every day. Um, with the with with the folks, and we're seeing everything. Um, every people from California, we're seeing people from Europe come in the page asking questions. So moving to Maine um, is where it's at right now. Who would have thought little tiny Maine, with houses you know hundred two hundred thousand dollars less than a decade ago, is a booming international metropolis um, just south of the Canadian border. <laughs>
1: I'm a lot south from the Canadian border. Let's get that straight. It's like a day to get the Canadian border from where I live.
0: There are people who go, where, where is Maine? Maybe that's New Hampshire. I think they don't know where New Hampshire is, but I think that everybody knows. Look, Maine has a, um, it's like Hawaii. When you say the word Maine, people have a visual of what that look, looks like. Everything from a moose to the mountains to the snow, snow cap ski resorts. Um, so the brand itself is very strong
1: very strong. And who would have known when we started uh, moving to Maine would be as big as it is today.
0: I know. I know. Somebody (laughs) owes you something. I don't know what it is, but somebody owes you something.
1: (laughs) Well, I I don't know, but I think, I think, I think my boss, and I would say this (laughs) to his face, because you know, I would, made a big mistake letting that go. Yes.
0: Yes. Yes. I know. I know.
1: I hope he's, hope he's listening. I'm going to tell him again when I see him. Right.
0: Right. right. It's, it's look, you know, it's um, patience. I think that's one of the things that you, uh, when I started to l- looking at real estate in the industry and how I can make an impact, um, Gary Samia was uh, the first um, person um, in that that said, look, you know, come to my meetings, understand what these folks are going through, what the industry is about, and what it takes to be a real estate agent. And right now, agents and the idea of what you guys provide to the community um, is it you know it is being challenged and will always when you're doing great things people will always challenge uh, your value and your worth but I can tell you after sitting in the meetings and I've never been in that industry um, I've come from clothing and background I worked at Staples I worked at Victoria's Secret I've worked for footwear. And I've never been in the real estate industry, but seeing what your team has to do on a daily basis, some of the safety risks of meeting people they don't know, um, finance, you have to be a financial advisor, a psychologist, um, a a, a home stager, cleaning property up. I've heard you and Brian talk about going in and cleaning properties up and getting dumpsters just to get things sold, right? So you have to be really well-rounded and patient.
1: Um, and we do and we have to get smart and hire people like you because my top producers are all the ones that you are working with um, to make them successful so um, you know one thing about the real estate business the successful people are the people that aren't afraid to spend money to make their business work they become very successful and the people that put some money into you to help them help you help them get stronger have really made a big difference here in the state of Maine. Uh, for my agents that
0: work here. we're, we're, we're happy to it, but it is definitely not um you know it's not ATM. you you can't market yourself for two days and think you're gonna get a high return that happens with nothing. it's it's a marathon. Um, and I invested um, in my time in trying to help agents, and you were wonderful in, in helping me navigate that process. So I thank you and happy birthday, sir. <laughs> oh, oh, thank uh-huh. you very much.
1: And always great talking with you, and mm-hmm. I look forward to seeing you soon.
0: Same here, Gary. Thank you, Gah. All right. Take
1: care. (laughs) Talk to you later. Thanks.
0: Bye-bye.